So, Micah. Yes, Eric. Do you know, and this is something that may exist even if you don't know, but do you think, have you ever received any inkling that the Tannenbaum family has a family crest? Well, uh, not to my knowledge, but if I did have to guess, I would say that it would be a Christmas tree. (laughs) Well, that's too easy. The reason I ask is because evidently my family, the Skull family, going back to the medieval ages, one of my ancestors, again, evidently was a knight, and I, for the first time earlier today, saw my family, like, heraldry coat of arms, my crest. Wow. So this is Shaga Skull? And Shaga Skull, it is very interesting, uh, to say the least. It is it is an important moment, I think, for any young man. Um, Dude, it's like six wolf heads. Let me show you this. Now, are you just making this up in the interest of the show that it's actually six wolf heads, or... Is this legit? Although that wouldn't be uh, far from something that I would do uh, on this show, let me assure you that this is 100% real. And the reason I know that it's 100% real is that the image I have just shared with you um, is tattooed on my uncle's <laughs> left bicep. So this is the part of the show where you learn about Eric's family members, possibly information that you could have lived without. Uh, right, Eric? <laughs> Well, no, I, I, I do want to, if we can, I want to sh- sh- include this in the show notes because we've never really asked uh, anything of the sort of our listeners before, but I kind of want to source like family crests and stuff now. I'm like, I got into it. Do you see the image? I, I Yes, I am taking a look right now. Uh, I'm w- awaiting the uh, the image to load here with uh, much anticipation. That That is pretty sick, to be honest with you. I like how it's a... Uh, it's a shield, right? And then there's on either side of the shield, which has a diagonal line going through it, are three heads. Uh, so as you said, six wolves in total. Yeah, wolves or lions or something on fire. It's Does your a uncle cool not know? Crest. So I've kind of got this uh, ask a question, get a photo thing going with my uncle right now, but I assume he would know, uh, seeing as how it is a permanent fixture now on his person. I didn't even know he had this thing, but uh, evidently, yeah, so I have a crest now, and I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, it uh, definitely is, and uh, I'm sure the listeners will enjoy uh, taking a look at it. As you said, we will definitely post a link in the show notes, and uh, what a way to uh, start off this Friday episode of Game of Owns, uh, Eric learning a little bit about his family and the crest that represents it, and we're here, though, today not to delve into uh, more comments and tweets and posts and other forms of communication as it relates to the first official trailer of Season 4. We'll, I'm sure, be continuing to talk about that as well as other trailers that surface and scenes that we get uh, access to uh, in the coming weeks. So we're actually, uh, as was mentioned on Wednesday's episode, going to go back to our old ways a little bit. I know we've been jumping around quite a bit given things that have happened, and definitely Season 4 trailer is something to celebrate. You know, Wednesday was a situation we got... I don't want to confuse any of the listeners because uh, some of them were, in fact, very confused. 
uh, you could call it uh, more of a mini-sode uh, that aired Wednesday. It was the second installment of the uh, WGOO newsroom uh, update. But those things really only happen when it is impossible uh, for us to get together and record an episode. And rather than give you guys nothing, I decided to uh, spin my creative uh, loom a little bit uh, on that, which is which is what resulted in that. And uh, we don't plan on doing any more of those than we have to. Uh, but surprisingly, the feedback has been uh, equal, you know, 50-50 on that. So I was actually pleased that there were that many likes. <laughs> um, but really, though, we are here. And as previewed on uh, the WGOO segment, we are going to be talking about WGOO. Where, yeah. where, what city is that based out of? Uh, Winterfell. Of oh, of course. I knew yeah, that was Winterfell. coming. Um, that, uh, that, that flying wolf or, or uh, distant wolf as he was, whoever that guy is, uh, always seems to know exactly what's going on beneath the chapters. That, that wolf, quite honestly, looks like uh, an Arcanine with Dragonite's wings. Except Arcanine are uh, red. And fiery. Yeah, and well, they kind of well, look like zebras, and so no. I'm, I'm not. stretching the imagination. One other thing I wanted to bring up before we got into the uh, Aria chapter discussion here for A Clash of Kings is that the exhibition uh, is returning uh, to New York City. The Game <gasps> of Thrones bastard. exhibition that debuted in New York. Well, I don't think if that's probably not correct. Actually, uh, I don't know that it debuted in New York City, but it made. Uh, a stop here in New York City um, just before season three last year, and it was here for a couple of weeks. Are you going to visit it sober this time? <laughs> <laughs> that is the plan, or is it? <laughs> no, uh, it will be in town here in New York from January the 27th through February 1st, and I believe the only way that you can actually sign up for this is if you are a Time Warner Cable subscriber. So uh, it is in the Time Warner building, clear affiliation there with HBO. Uh, but for those of you who are subscribers to Time Warner here in the New York City metro area, definitely encourage you to go sign up and head on over to the exhibition. They have all the hours posted on the website. Uh, and hopefully uh, there's a little bit of a preview. Maybe we can attend because I'm, assure, I'm assuming uh, that there will be some new uh, props and other things that will be on display uh, in addition to, of course, uh, the Iron Throne. Yeah, and you know, updates like that are, uh, you know, pretty important just to get out on the, over there in the airwaves, just in case there is anybody either in New York or within visiting distance. And usually, uh, not that we endorse this in any way, but you can, of course, be very creative in how you go about getting your tickets uh, to something like this. If you have a friend, uh, for example, who is a uh, Game of Thrones fan or just a Time Warner Cable subscriber. Uh, I don't know how many tickets you can get at any one time or anything like that, but you know there are certainly ways for people to work their way into the doors of this exhibition. So you know we look forward to hearing more about it. Uh, it was recent news, actually. Uh, I think actually uh, was posted yesterday on the Game of Thrones uh, Facebook page. So uh, good to hear that that is coming back, and it'll help in the build-up, the anticipation of season four. Okay, let's talk about Arya. Let's talk about Arya. You know, let's talk about Arya. You know, this is her last chapter in A Clash of Kings. Well, th that makes a lot of sense because the pages are getting fewer and fewer uh, as I continue to read through A Clash of Kings. And 
what I was going to say is that what's what's funny to me is that I am actually also in the process of doing a reread of a Storm of Swords uh, as we get <laughs> of closer <course> you are. <laughs> um, to the um, season four debut, and uh, it, it, uh, I had not too long ago read an Arya chapter. So of course, when uh, I was talking to Eric before the show, he said to me, uh, he told me what chapter we were reading, and then he described a little bit about what happened. Uh, in the chapter that we're about to go through. And I said to myself, so that's not the Arya chapter I remember reading. And so I have to remember <laughs> that things are a little different, um, you know, uh, 300 pages into A Storm of Swords uh, than where we are right now uh, mm. in A Clash of Kings. But Arya is looking to escape Harrenhal, which at the beginning of the chapter doesn't really seem to be uh, something that's on the top of her mind. But I think... As it progresses and she feels less and less comfortable with the situation that she's in, uh, she looks to hightail it out of Harrenhal. Yeah, I mean, if you look at her situation now, she is known as Nan, and she is the cupbearer to Bruce Bolton. Bruce Bolton, who is not Tywin Lannister, like uh, she is uh, his cupbearer in the show. So she's the cupbearer of Bruce Bolton, and... And honestly, like, I find this to be a little, like, actually quite a lot interesting because Bolton being a sworn bannerman of Stark, Arya is, is really in decent hands considered, like, compared to if she were found out by Tywin. So there's a moment in this chapter where Roos, much like Tywin, uh, calls her out on her form of speaking. Uh, you know, something, something she says, just the fact that she spoke to Roos, he's, he's, and she spoke out of turn and without being questioned, he questions it, but, you know, she, she doesn't reveal herself, but all the same, had she revealed herself, and this is, this is why I kind of like to play the what if game, but really like the show, on the show, that wasn't even an option, because of course he is her, en her enemy by blood, um, you know, Tywin is. And and then now you get this situation with the Bannerman. I was in the book. I was like, are they really going to change this up? Is she going to come out to him? Because he could protect her. He could put her back to where, in fact, uh, I think Arya even mentions uh, River Run isn't far from Harrenhal. And really, had she come out yeah. to Roose Bolton, this is her last chance. You know, had she come out to Roose Bolton, do you think she could have been sent to be with her mother? It's it's certainly possible. The Part of the problem here is that you're dealing with a lot of shifty characters and you're not entirely sure where loyalties ultimately lie. Because if you remember, there's that uh, scene in the uh, bedchamber when uh, Bolton is being leeched and all of these bannermen who are supposedly sworn to Rob and House Stark, they're pretty much at the point of saying that Rob should bend the knee. You know, Bolton makes it very clear in this chapter that he knows uh, that Stannis has been defeated, that the Tyrells have joined with the Lannisters, and that Winterfell has fallen and Bran and Rickon are both dead, which is news to Arya. News for Arya, right. And so if you take all that into consideration, uh, even though Rob has won every battle that he's had against the Lannisters, it seems like his men are becoming at least, you know, that are within the same space as Bolton, you know, sort of under Bolton's command. 
they seem to be coming a little bit jaded with Rob and, and not entirely confident in his ability to overtake the Lannisters. So that's why I say I'm not entirely sure that if Arya were to, as you say, you know, sort of reveal herself to Bruce Bolton, that it would have resulted in her immediately uh, being sent uh, to her mother and her brother at River Run. And even then, you know, what are the consequences of her being sent there? Is she ultimately protected? You know, does she end up at the Red Wedding uh, and become another casualty? Uh, you know, so yeah. in weird ways, I think things work out uh, in her favor, uh, if you could refer to it that right, way. Because she would have been probably with Robin all that. Yeah. Okay. And and really, I didn't get this the first time I read uh, through this chapter, which was at this point probably at least uh, a year or two ago. I, I don't find Ruth Bolton to be that trusting of an individual. There seems something that's very much off about him. And you, know, you get a little bit of insight into his character where you know he has Arya responding to his wife, who's <laughs> writing to him pretty much every day. Um, praying for his safe return and you know he he even wants to go out and hunt and not only hunt but hunt wolves and that's a clear signal to me from the oh author my god i didn't catch that i did not catch that he's a little twisted just like his bastard son he's hunting wolves oh my god i didn't think about that at all here i am thinking Man, he turned the phrase down. He was like, no, I don't need to give in to the Lannisters. I forget the overall number, but wasn't it seven and two pups? Or I thought it was uh, what, like how many he comes back with. Yeah, I forget. but it, I it... was fairly certain it was nine coats. I think oh, it was returned. nine. Okay. I think he returns with nine coats, but there's still one out there. And before we get to that, let's uh, we'll start at the be the beginning of the chapter here. Um, you know, we did, we did get a little of our, ahead of ourselves, but but Arya is kind of as you say, she's she's going around um, Harrenhal, kind of just performing her duties. Um, and she's approached by this this crazy lady, or I guess it's a crazy lady. She is crazy, right? I think you could probably argue that she's been driven crazy given her current state but yeah i think we can safely refer to her as a crazy lady yes okay um and it's just uh kind of a moment for we don't know and it's it's weird just because Arya is so little you know we have adult characters that we well not really why many adult point of view characters do we have i'm trying to defeat my own argument here but no there's davos there's people who can defend themselves and then there's Arya. well Arya, obviously as we figure out can defend herself but I'm still saying, like, these crazy people who walk up to Arya still have the power to hurt her. And really, just anybody in this whole world of George R. R. Martin who comes up to you and is in your face talking about whatever, even just rambling, has the power to hurt you. And this is, it's a, it's a threat. And mm -hmm. so we see even early on, um, she is kind of cornered by this lady. And you, you kind of worry about what she's, what she's gonna do. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a very toxic and dangerous situation for her to be in, and it's just proven, you know, by her encounters throughout the course of this chapter. She has really taken over in a position 
not necessarily of power, but one that puts her very close to the top dog in Harrenhal, and that's Roose Bolton. And even those who are friends of her or would appear to be friends of hers from, you know, the time that Tywin was there, Gendry and Hot Pie have become somewhat afraid of her, have become, you know, a little bit edgy around her because those that have sort of plate replaced the men, well, in fact, they're the same guys, but, you know, but they're, they're given a little bit more free reign. I mean, at least Tywin Lannister had a little bit of control over those that do the things that Vargo Hote does or Biter does or Rorg does, you know, now they're just being given free reign because again, the Boltons don't have the best history of being the most complacent and calm uh, of individuals. So, you know, it, it's like a dysfunctional amusement park there, basically. Wow. That's a, that's a great analogy. Um, which I agree with, you know, she compares her living situation now in Heron Hall to how it was under Weiss. And it's really under only slightly better. Um, you know, I think she's still living in it in not even on a cot, you know, like on a rag somewhere. Right. And I think it's the natural progression throughout this chapter that really starts to make her think that as she experiences more and more and speaks with Roose Bolton and others that it's time for her to go. You know, she's, she's really not safe here. She, there's two bannermen that she mentions that have gone off really, uh, to, you know, do the bidding of Roose Bolton that were those that she would have possibly entrusted the truth with, that she is Arya Stark and could have perhaps confided in them further to get her to some kind of safety. But she knows that if the time comes where Roos is ready to leave and go back into battle or rejoin Rob, uh, that Vargo Hote is going to be taking over Harrenhal. <laughs> and that's certainly not the most appealing of, of choices. And just think the free reign that some of the others would have. And remember, Jack and Highgar is no longer there to sort of protect her. Right. And even if he were there, uh, she's used her wishes. <laughs> she's She's used her three... Uh, she names. has, but I always had the sense that he would protect her from the other two that were in the cage uh, with her at that time. Oh, I so he feels indebted, like, but only because of the men he's with. Like, I think, what does he say uh, when he's locked in there? A man cannot help the company he keep, uh, or something like that. Like, he he knows that they're a little yeah, biter, and and them are are a little bit more dangerous. Well, you know, even though Jaken isn't there. Uh, something he left behind with Arya comes in great uh, use to her in this in this chapter, and and I, I just have to say it's kind of like the pause screen in Zelda. Fall, uh, I don't know. So now you're gonna do Zelda. References. I'm gonna do a Zelda reference, everybody. Let's hear listen. This. It's either pause or select. Mm -hmm. You can tell me. Um, the N64 controller does not have a select button, does it? But no, uh, it you know what? When you pause and you view your inventory. And it's like that. That's that's all. That was the extent of my my Zelda reference. Because Arya has this um, thing on her, this coin uh, from Jaken, and it's it's really like you know we know she has it. Uh, he gave it to her with specific instructions. We, but otherwise, I mean, basically, when when she pulls it out here, you almost expect to see an error message saying, "Nope, can't use that here," um, because it's not yet time to summon a man from Bravos. 
and there is nobody from Bravos here that could take her to Jagan for all she knows. Um, so the fact that she does use it in this chapter and pull it out is, is, is really a, a bit of, you know, I'm breaking the rules, but it's really clever and it's really inventive. And Ari really is working with all of the tools that she has, uh, to say the very least in this chapter. And even though she won't reveal herself to Bruce Bolton, she does ask him questions about what is to come. And when he says that the bloody mummers are taking over and that he's not taking her with him, she really has no choice. She decides to make a better life for herself. Right. And at one point in the chapter, she almost throws it away and she, she goes back and gets it later on. And so <laughs> it's very smart of her that she decided to do that because not only will that coin come in handy later on in the chapter, it will certainly come in handy later on in the series. She doubts as worse. She does consider throwing it away. Um, but that's actually tied to uh, my own of the chapter, which, which we're a little bit away from, so I won't get into that. But anyway, the cool thing is now she's tried to get Gendry to move before. Uh, I forget exactly. It was a couple chapters ago, a couple Arya chapters ago, which they're spread out a little bit more because we just had Blackwater and all that stuff. So, you know, a long time ago, she asked Gendry to leave with her and he wouldn't. Um, I think it was still under Weiss's control because as a he's he's working as a blacksmith. Like, that's his duty. But, you know, now when she comes to him and explains the situation that the Bloody Mummers are, are taking over, she's able to convince him to come with her. Yeah, she she uses her bullshit story <laughs> about what is going to befall all of the young people who are at Harren Hall that basically Vargo Hoat is going to cut off all of their feet <laughs> so that they're <laughs> unable to leave. Uh, and... Yeah, again, she's using her her intellect uh, and her small power of persuasion to really motivate Gendry and to get him off his ass. And to he's, the bottom line is, I don't think this is something that Arya would do on her own. She needs these other two with her because, let's face it, they've been on the road together for a long time. You know, they came into Harren Hall together. And I don't think she wants to risk their lives there anymore. She knows that really any of them, you know, based on the circumstances and things that are going on, and that even we witness in this chapter, right, the the heads in tar that are sitting above as she, right. as the chapter opens, and these women that are basically being left in the middle of the bear pit um, to be had at any time, and not by the bear, um, by you know all the men of Harren Hall. You know, and, and you just, you're dealing with a cannibal, you know, who's being told to sit at the end of the table because he stinks too much. Uh, and, you know, these are the kind of people that she's living around on a daily basis. And I don't think she wants to uh, leave the, those that she considers to be her friends, her only friends and family, really, mm -hmm. uh, in this kind of a situation. And, and for her, the only option is to leave and to bring them with her. You know, she doesn't feel that way at first until she hears a wolf howling in the background. Is she in the godswood? Yeah, and then she had that weird Ned sequence. Ned speaks to Arya, and, and this is something I can't quite account for. It's 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 a really cool thing that happens, though. Um, I don't have the quote written down, but he basically reminds her that she is the blood of the wolf. It's, we've heard of the blood of the dragon being significant, but the blood of the wolf. He's, he says to her something along the lines of, my daughter, 
you are you were hoping that in this time that I would be looking up the quote and I did. So Yes. <laughs> it says uh when the snow falls and the white winds blow, the lone wolf dies but the pack survives. And she responded by saying, "But there is no pack." And she's saying this to the weirwood tree. Uh, Brandon and Rickon were dead. The Lannisters had Sansa. John had gone to the Wall. I'm not even me now. I'm Nan. And he replies by saying, "You are Arya of Winterfell, daughter of the North. You told me you could be strong. You have the wolf blood in you." See, the "you told me you could be strong" that that's like that line in particular makes me think it's it's actually Ned. And not just a voice in Arya's head or her own subconscious trying to tell her, you know, trying to kick her ass into gear. This seems like it's a spirit of Ned living, talking throughout the through the tree, you know? It's possible. I mean, we know that there's a lot of supernatural uh, stuff that's going on now in this series. And we know that the weirwood trees have always been uh, somewhat magical because they're tied not only to the Starks and the old gods, but they're tied uh, to the children of the forest. Uh, the Kokiri of uh, uh, Westeros. So, and this is some straight up grade A Ben Kenobi shit that's happening. Except she doesn't see him at this point. It's just it's the end of a New Hope where Luke only hears uh, Ben's voice saying, "Use the Force." This is that kind of situation, but it encourages her, and and she is let down. We didn't necessarily touch on that too much. That she does believe Brandon Rickon to be dead. Because she hears it in Bolton's chambers, and she is really let down that her, you know, pretty much her whole family's gone. And then, you know, later on, you know, she's lying in her bed, and it's noted that she's listening to the voices of the living and the dead whisper and argue as she waited for the moon to rise. Uh, they were the <laughs> only voices she trusted anymore. She could hear the sound of her own breath and the wolves as well, a great pack of them now. They're closer than the one I heard in the Godswood. So, yeah, you were right. She did hear one there. Uh, they're calling to me. So there's definitely this new element to Arya and her character. And, you know, she's becoming much more connected, I think, despite the fact that she cast Nymeria off uh, very early on in the last book. Uh, there's even a mention of that, by the way, in this chapter um, when it's said that Bruce Bolton is sending some of his men to destroy. I'm trying to remember exactly what the name of the place was. Do you remember off the top of your head? Or she had no desire to go there um, mm -hmm. because it was the place where I think Micah was killed or Nymeria was, you know, I wanted to believe that it was in fact Nymeria that she heard while in the Godswood that, you know, somewhere, somehow her wolf still calls for her. Right. I think that's, I think that's, you know, a great point. I mean, I hope. And then I don't know what this, this new pack is that she's hearing, but, you know, the voices of the living and the dead really could be all the Starks of Christmas past. Exactly. Um, yeah. I just, for a minute here real quick, I wanted to talk about, you know, how the show did this so much differently and, and understand in the essence of time they needed to do this. Um, you know, clear difference, as you mentioned earlier, with having Tywin uh, be there as opposed to Roose Bolton, but also the fact that in the book – Arya uses Jack and Highgar to allow Roose Bolton and his men to overtake Harren Hall. In the show, she uses him to escape. And to me, it's much more meaningful that she is the one that ends up killing this guard, who really, for all intents and purposes, is a bannerman to 
Rob. So she betrays her own blood. Right. And but the fact that she's willing to take a life. Well, that's that's really the biggest difference. And I mean, it's obviously, but still, it's it needs to be stated that, you know, if the first time Arya kills somebody in the show is after the Red Wedding, that's a full, you know, season or year or whatever you want to call it after this event in the books where right. she's she's even younger in the book than she is in the, and everybody is younger in the in the book. And so this is a very interesting moment. I mean, we're not even in Storm of Swords, the book right. where everybody kills everybody else. And and Arya takes a life. She she does take a life at the end of A Game of Thrones when she stabs the stable boy. But I, I, that that wasn't as premeditated. That was more reactionary. I'm I need to get out of here. This kid is going to turn me in. Uh, as opposed to this, which was very much thought through, and she even kind of says, uh, somewhat sarcastically, back to Hot Pie at the end of the chapter. Well, what did you think I was going to do? Of course, I was going to kill him. Oh, Hot Pie! But th- those were kind of my thoughts on this chapter. It's it's very much um, a maturing type of chapter for Arya. I did want to ask you though about what Elmar was talking about, kind of before Arya goes to the, to the Godswood. She yeah. sees she sees a, a letter come or a raven come, and she's like, "Gee, wonder what they're finding out now. More of my brothers and sisters are dead." Mm. Um, but Elmar actually eventually he's he was carrying a barrel earlier, and now he's just kind of around, and he says, uh, "Quote: We've been dishonored." He's talking about the phrase. Um, there was a bird from the twins. My lord father says I'll need to marry someone else. Uh, end quote. Now. Do do we know, is this the moment where, uh, is it foreshadowing to the betrayal? Is it Rob's betrayal that they've just learned of? Yeah, I, I, I believe so. And, and this is something, again, that just reading through the first time, probably we don't pick up on because it's so subtly included there. And so the phrase are now clearly aware of the fact that Rob has married somebody else and has dishonored his agreement with, with the phrase. And the fact that this kind of information is now public within Harrenhal, because let's face it, how old is Elmer? Chances are other people have read that message and other people are just generally aware of the fact uh, especially somebody like Bruce Bolton, I was I would suspect would be aware. It's so much difficult, more difficult in the book because he's not a point of view character, and I don't, I don't think he's been married in front of, you know, Catelyn. I don't think there's any of that. We haven't seen him on the battlefield chilling with the nurse. Like we we don't know anything about this, and so it's impossible to know what the phrase are talking about necessarily. But it's all right here. I mean, the the seeds of the red wedding are here. The yeah, phrase, absolutely. The, the phrase, know that Rob hasn't kept his vow. And even though Bruce Bolton didn't want to move against Rob necessarily right yet, or you didn't want to bend the knee like Stannis or lose or anything, he's close enough because all, as you pointed out at the beginning of this episode, like all of his men, the phrase were already doubting Rob and looking to turn on him. And now that this he just is, gives them ammunition to do that. Absolutely. And not, absolutely. not only that, though, but. You know, Roose Bolton can just be playing it off in front of everybody, like, "Hey, yeah, man, I'm I'm Rob's banner man." Like, 
But he can also be thinking, hey, you know what? These phrases are kind of making a whole hell of a lot of sense. Maybe I should reach out to Tywin Lannister and strike up a deal so my ass is safe at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, and, and even those men that were, that were talking to him, some of them had been held uh, as captive by the Lannisters and they said, I don't want to go through that again. Uh, so Tywin obviously, uh, not the best of, uh, of, uh, hosts when you, uh, visit his home as a, uh, as a captive, but something else that I thought was really funny about this scene, and it's a great job by George. Elmar is talking about Arya. Yeah, I didn't. Um, you know, I read that in a in a summary after the fact, but I I didn't know, and I don't think we know that he knows that it was Arya. That no, it, he doesn't. But it's just funny that you know he's thinking that she's some kind of princess, and here's Arya, who's more of like a tomboy type character. And Arya's saying, "Oh, <laughs> you're expecting this princess, so you're you're basically a dumbass." And yeah, yeah. it's just it's funny because these two were betrothed to each other. Was that uh, was that? Did Cat work that out? In yeah, that was part of the agreement that they Arya mentioned went Elmar Mary. by name. And uh, speaking of fun, it is time for owns of this chapter. Micah, you go first. I have to uh, have to give it to Arya. Here you go. Alone, she slid through the shadow of the Tower of Ghosts. She walked fast to keep ahead of her fear, and it felt as though Sirio Farrell walked beside her, and Yorin, and Jack and Hygar, and Jon Snow. That's my own, because I think the fact that she would group those people together and act as if she had all of them at her side is pretty badass. Though, I will jump ahead about a page and say I can also give her the own for simply... Whispering, Valar Mogulis. <laughs> After she slit the guy's throat, she's such a little psychopath. She really she's is. She's got issues. She's got her mantra. She's got habits and practices that are uh, far above her. I, I don't know. So what's your own? What's your own? Let's hear it. Who's it going to? Bruce Trolton? The leeches? You know, comparably, Micah, my own actually makes a whole lot less sense and doesn't actually <laughs> oh, work. Really? Did you still more. have you seen Theon in the trailer yet? I yes, I've seen Theon okay. in the trailer. My own for this chapter goes to Abraham Lincoln. Um and I can I promise you there's a perfectly good explanation for I can't this. wait to hear this. Okay, Abraham Lincoln, who's uh Vampire head, Hunter? No, 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 not a vampire hunter. Um whose likeness appears on a penny. When Arya is tossing around the idea of throwing the coin from Jack and Hagar away, uh, she says it's worthless, da, 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 and George R. R. Martin writes that it was about the size of a penny. Now, I guess it's one of those rare moments where you, you he's either breaking the fourth wall because he's talking about pennies, which is a, a U.S. Yeah, currency. Yeah, that's a great point. Or there's something called a penny in Westeros where it equals, you know, one of one hundredth of uh, a unit of measurement. So he, he, uh, it, just for the breaking of the fourth wall, potential breaking of the fourth wall, I certainly don't want to cause a ruckus. Anybody say, hey, shit, there are pennies in Westeros. But just the mention of a penny made me think of good old honest Abe and how few men are as honest as he was in this world. Well, that's a great um, own. I mean, it's interesting. It's different. And uh, it's it's cool that you caught that because as you said it's it's in a way breaking the fourth wall because you're you're somehow bringing together what's happening in the present even by mentioning a penny versus you know just staying within 
the world of Westeros and right, you could using say some, some sort of currency yeah. that is relevant to the story that you're telling. Unless, in fact, there is a penny somewhere. Possibly. He could have also said grape. He could have also said, uh, what, you know, what else is that size, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, no, I mean, that's a, that's a fun fact. That... Yeah, it's a fun fact. Look, even I think clearly, if, if I were in the business of giving Owens to the point of view characters, Arya would totally get my own. Um, but as we've established a uh, long running history of this chapter, I do not give my own to the point of view chapters because I think it is uh, biased and, you know, rightly so. Uh, some of these characters that we hear from inside their heads are pretty badass. Ari, of course, being one of them. Uh, so it was wonderful to hear, uh, from Arya and I, I really like kind of where she's at at the end of this book with, uh, Hot Pie and Gendry by her side yet again as they travel to another place they know not where. Yes. So uh, Arya is now heading off, as you say, to parts unknown with Gendry and Hot Pie. It's much like uh, the end of the first book, if you think about it. You know, she's heading off to the wall, but she really doesn't know what lies ahead, and it's it's almost parallel with um, what's happening here. Uh, she's heading off, and we don't know where she's going or what's going to become of her. We know from season three uh, some characters that she will meet, uh, but uh, we close the chapter on Arya for A Clash of Kings, and we turn it over to the Tweety Bird. There that was go. better. Eric uh, <laughs> was great enough to uh, go on over to twitter.com backslash Game of Owns and see what it's forward you slash, Micah. It's always forward slash. I, I say backslash. <laughs> It sounds cooler. I if think you, if you if put you it does to, it does sound cooler. It does sound cooler. You it would never say cool. you wanted a forward slash something. You backslash sounds much, much better, in my in my opinion. Well I think if you were to put it it just for shits, if you were to put it in your URL as a backslash, I think it would automatically be changed because most browsers are smart enough to deal with that. Yes. Yes, as you mentioned, the Twitty Bird, twitter.com slash game of owns, we did receive three owns for the Aria chapter that we will now read to you. Here. Can I just say thank you for those people who sent those in because I know we've we've been a little bit um, schizo. Yeah, we've had a lot going on here the last couple of weeks, and the fact that you remembered uh, to send in your owns for this chapter uh, is really great. Uh, so I'm I'm really looking forward to what these people had to say. Well, wait no more. Uh, the first comment comes from Susan Stacy at uh, Black Eyed Lily on Twitter, who says. Clash of Kings chapter 64 Arya the wolf howling in the wild owes this chap or owns this chapter by reminding Arya who she is. Yeah, I uh I like that own there from Susan, something that you talked about a little bit um during she the She really it really gives her the oomph to get up and go. It's yeah. that it's that get up and go moment. She almost thinks like she's not going to leave and then she hears the distant wolf. But uh next own comes from Timothy Mulligan. Uh, who says Arya owns herself by telling, uh, this is Elmar Frey, I hope your princess dies. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's one of those things you hope doesn't come back uh, to bite her in the butt. So that's kind of the joke then. That's George having too much fun with himself, isn't it? Because we talked about how actually she's the one that he was supposed to marry, but the reason it's funny, is only, the entire reason it's funny is because she tries to get back at him when they're leaving by by running off and saying, I hope your princess dies. Right. Okay. 
Okay, I see what you did there, George. Actually, no, I didn't. It was uh, too above my head. But uh, thank you to Micah and uh, Timothy for pulling point, pointing that out. Pointing. So I just wanted to go back to something that Susan said uh, as well because I think it actually um, it resonates with a lot of characters throughout the course of the series, at least up until the point um, where the books are right now. The, the fact that Arya is reminded of who she is uh i think is an important theme uh in this series because you do see it uh with uh several other characters i'm not i'm not gonna you know mention who um but you know we've seen glimpses of people forgetting a little bit of who they are uh throughout the the, the uh, tv series theon yeah would be one of them there's there are others um some who change names in order to protect themselves uh, from others. So we've seen Arya do that a lot, actually. And, you know, she even meant, she questions in this chapter that, you know, who am I? You know, she, she's, who am I? She, is she Ari? Is she, uh, you know, Weasel? Is she Nan? You know, who is she? And, you know, the fact that the wolf would kind of reawaken in her this sense of who she is, I think is pretty cool. And I think it's, applies to others throughout the course of the series so i'll I'll leave it at that but that's a good point by susan well and and you know that that flows right into our third own and final own from jen wyman who says my own for aria quote i am a direwolf and done with wooden teeth end quote love strong and determined aria there you go now uh i did see though even though we finished the owns for aria we did have some tweets here for one of the hosts. Yes, uh, this is for you, Micah. <laughs> <laughs> you like how I did that? Yeah, yeah. This is for Micah, uh, and and I'm not talking about the the yeah, floor. Yeah, yeah, I've, yeah. Not yeah, like yeah, I haven't yeah. heard that before. Oh, Go ahead. for Micah. Um, but yes, okay. So Victoria has a question for you, and uh, all of our sullied listeners out there will get something out of this, and all of our unsullied listeners, like me, will not get anything out of it. But it does need to be addressed because somebody was kind enough. She sent us this tweet. Victoria asks, do we think that LSH and CH are going to be in S4? Okay, I know what S4 is. Uh, you got trying, that abbreviation, yeah. Trying not to spoil, but I need to know your opinion. Uh, that's It's such a tough question to, um, to answer um, without, you know, giving away information that, you know, I've, I've done a – I hope a pretty good job of not um, giving away. As far as LSH is concerned, I think that um, you know a lot of people wanted to see that character in season three, oh. and I think that the more I thought about it, um, it just wouldn't have worked. It would have been not the right time. So I think if they do decide to bring this character into the fold in season four uh, that they will do so at the appropriate time I think it's important to the overall uh, story because I think this character is something that a lot of readers are looking forward to and so uh, it'll be interesting to see though how they develop getting to the point of revealing who LSH is and I'll just Leave it at that. Uh, CH, I think, will be in this 
season. See, I, I, I promise, I mean, full disclosure, I have no idea who these guys are, but but it doesn't mean that I've like been covering my ears because I kind of like your thought. Here I am thinking that the reason that we would be asked is because these are like either minor characters or they don't have anything to do with the main story. So people are like, well, will they be pushed in or will they be pushed off? But I, I think that uh, it's interesting to hear you say that, you know, LSH in particular is kind of a big character, but somebody who it takes some pains to introduce. Yeah. And um, as it relates to the, the CH character, in order to advance a certain storyline, I think that it's important that that character be introduced. But I could also see them cutting that character out because don't know that it's 100% necessary for that character to be the one who's responsible for advancing that storyline. Oh, okay. If that so makes kind sense. of like, um, who is it? Uh, the guy who was with Whitebeard, right? Uh, is not who's in the books, uh, but not in. Uh... No, I mean, I I would say that this character is probably a, a little bit more important. And okay. again, there there's a lot of theories that surround that character and who oh, that character I see. really He's got is. Okay. So yeah, um, again, it's very hard to talk in generalities here, and it's it it sounds like I'm going in circles to people who haven't read you know, where we are right now, or even through the first half of a uh, a storm of swords because the uh the ch character is not a character uh until much later in the series so that would be somebody who would be brought in from the future from of, the future yeah from more future or less. Books. yeah we do apologize to our listeners for uh taking up five minutes of your time on and future talking stuff. and talking in initials um, yes, yes, yes but uh see i think that that's kind of important because we may have listeners out there who also wanted to know what your opinion was just like victoria Here's my answer then to to condense it into 10 seconds or less. I think it would be great to have both. I would say though that there's a good chance <laughs> more than 10 seconds at this point, but there's uh, if I had a vote, I would say LSH yes, CH possibly. See, why do I feel like Zach's just going to edit out all of that bull crap and just put in the, that short answer? No, he should he should leave it in because that's no. that's the only time we can really have a uh, discussion with the sullied. I think you handled yourself very well, Micah. You get my post-own-own. We're going to do post-own-owns now on the show for everybody who owns after giving their own. All right. Uh, we do want to run you through the different outlets and ways that you can communicate with us. We mentioned Twitter, which is twitter.com slash gameofowns. Facebook, you can scroll upon our wall over at facebook.com slash gameofowns. And you can email us at contact at You can also go over to winneriscoming.net and leave comments on any post you want. But, uh, you know, we obviously like when you leave us feedback on the posts for our different shows throughout the course of the week. So uh, we do read those comments on occasion. So please uh, feel free to leave us your feedback there as well. Uh, one other thing you can do is head on over to iTunes. Uh, it is the month of January, so nothing less than five stars uh, is acceptable uh, for your rate and review over on iTunes. Uh, we do have a couple here, a few more um, since last week. And the first is from Asha underscore Elaine underscore 67. Very creative names there. The first, Eric, you may be familiar with. The second one, you will be shortly. Elaine. Uh, so uh, Asha says, cheers to the sullied. 
Uh, I love listening to this podcast. I even find myself going back and re-listening. Is that a word? I think it is. Uh, to old podcasts just to make my workday more enjoyable. I love how Micah and Selena react whenever a theory from Eric and Zach is on the right track. Congratulations <laughs> for not giving away too much information, Micah and Selena. Uh, I don't know if I'd be able to do the same. Cheers to you. Uh, so thank you, Asha. Another one from Go Chiefs. She says, great show. Very big fan of this podcast. Helps me get through times when the show is filming. Go Chiefs. Uh, sorry that your Chiefs lost in the first round of the playoffs, if indeed you are that kind of Chief. Uh, then uh, one here from Nitz08 says, satisfies my fix. Uh, like any Game of Thrones fan, I'm an addict. Um, well, hopefully you mean a Game of Thrones addict. And uh, after finishing the fifth book, my withdrawal from Westeros left me emptied and unfulfilled. Game of Owns is just what the doctor prescribed. This podcast truly does a fantastic job of dissecting both the books and shows with intelligent and thoughtful discussions. Nothing less than a five-star podcast. So thank you, Nitz. And finally, one here from Ravendor, who uh, has the title... <laughs> Downton Abbey crossover. What? Uh, this should be interesting. You are my long lost friends. Of course. I was just talking about Ravendor the other day, weren't you? Remember that, Eric? It's true. It's true. There, were their ears ringing? Really? Yeah, it must have been. So uh, they say, I'm still catching up with Game of Owns. Revisiting the books and listening to your commentary is pure pleasure. I love that Filch, Tonks, and Aberforth make appearances in HBO's Game of Thrones. But did you know. That Egret, Rose Leslie, Sir Jor and Sir Jora, Ian Glenn, have prominent roles in PBS's Downton Abbey as Gwen Dawson and Sir Richard Carlyle. Huh. I did not know that. I did not know that either. Um, we, we know that now. and <laughs> What that means, I don't know, but we know it. The more you know. The more you know, yes. Thank you. Well, thank you to everybody who left reviews. Some great feedback. We always enjoy... You know, reading it on the show, and it is great for uh, those who might be interested uh, in something Game of Thrones related that is put through your ear holes. Thank you, everyone, for listening to our Friday Aria episode. Next week we have, in order, Sansa, Theon, and Tyrion. So Tyrion survived. I guess so. Uh, happy Friday! So this is the part of the show where we are experiencing some technical difficulties. So while I wait for Eric to return, I'm going to continue drinking this old Rasputin Russian Imperial Stout, which is very good, by the way. And this will probably get placed at the end of the episode, so uh, you can thank me later for this additional bonus content.